Welcome to His Church Owensboro Podcast. We are so excited about what God is doing in your life, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at hischurch.cc and let us know about all of the things that God is doing in your life. If you have been blessed by this podcast and would consider supporting us financially, please visit hischurch.cc and click on Give to see the many options available. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message blesses you. I'm pumped. Just turn to your neighbor, tell them you're lucky you got to sit by me today, huh? They're lucky. They get to hang out with you. And uh, let's give all of our video uh, campuses a hand clap right now. Amarillo, Texas, we welcome you. Henderson, Kentucky, we welcome you. Dumas, Texas, it's good to see you today. We, we love that we are one church in many locations, uh, one church, many, many rooms right now. God's going to grow us. We're believing God to reach 100 cities and to touch 100,000 people. That's the big goal. So let's pray for that. And uh, here's what I want to do. I want to talk to you today a little bit about trusting the process. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and just tell them, say these words, say trust the process. Tell them that, huh? You turn, turn to your other neighbor, tell them the same thing, trust the process. And uh, I got a question for you. Do I have any coffee drinkers out there in the house? I got somebody that, that has way too much coffee. I see the sweaty, twitchy people that are extremely caffeinated. Y'all are my people right there. I love you. I, I, I understand you. I'm one of you. But, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a kind of a simple coffee guy. Uh, I was raised in, a, in a, a, a house full of cowboys, and we literally had a stockyard in the backyard, so I grew up drinking trucker coffee, which is black and strong, been sitting around a long time. And uh, if you were a male in our household, you could not have cream or sugar in your coffee, or you were going to be harassed. Anybody have family like that that harass you men for that? So like you go through a, a drive-thru, and uh, if you ordered cream in your coffee, my brother would be like, yeah, I'll take a black coffee, and then the lady will have a cream in her coffee beside me right now, right? So... So it explains a lot about the person I am now. Uh, but coffee is really advanced. And I'm old school. When I make coffee, I, I take my three dippers, drop it in my paper deal, stick it in the back of the bun, pour the water through it. I got coffee in a cup, and I'm happy. Anybody else simple with their coffee like that? Now, there's some of you that it takes a dictionary and Google interpreter uh, to know what your coffee order really is whenever you get it. And, and coffee has really become a different deal. But I walked into our, our media's closet the other day. We got a group of people working in the media in the back all the time. They do a great job. You don't ever see them. They're behind the scenes. Let's give them a hand clap this morning for their, their faithful service. Amen. And I opened up their closet, and I thought I'd found a meth lab is what I thought I'd found. Somebody had a meth lab in the church. Now I'm like, this is like Heisenberg's hideout in the closet down here because there was all of these containers and beakers and even digital scales, which I thought was very strange. Um, but coffee has become a process. Now watch, AJ here is a coffee freak. He loves it. He's got, he's got stuff from Nashville, stuff from Amarillo, uh, and he doesn't make coffee like I did. He goes through a larger process. I was at Thanksgiving, and my, my new brother-in-law, Jesse's sister, was married this year. He was there, and this guy made coffee the whole time we were eating, right? He's weighing coffee. He's, he's pouring water slowly over the coffee, and he's serving coffee, and it was a full-time job. It was a process. So my coffee's quick. These guys' coffee is complex. Here's what they're going to do. They're going to grind their beans because they don't want their beans pre-ground because they, they think it messes up the coffee. Then they're going to weigh their beans. 
So their water to coffee ratio is perfect. If they do a pour over, they're going to have something in, in the top of this, and they're going to slowly pour water over the coffee. Something I've noticed about their coffee versus my coffee is their coffee is a lot better, I'll just tell you. And I found this in life. Anything that is a larger and a longer process seems to produce larger dividends in life. How many of y'all found that to be true? How many of y'all would agree with me that grandmother's pie home-cooked on Thanksgiving that she slaved over was better than the pie you get from the frozen section over at, at, at the grocery store? Can I get an amen out there? How many of y'all believe that, that home-cooking Thanksgiving meal is better than the Thanksgiving meal you could buy at Cracker Barrel? See, the process and respecting a real process makes things better in life. Aren't you thankful that Jesus didn't short-circuit the process in saving our souls and providing our healing and making sure we're provided for? Come on, let's give him a hand clap that he went all the way through the process. Everything in the kingdom of God has a process. If you have your Bible on you this morning, I want you to open it up to Matthew chapter 13. We'll go to Matthew chapter 13. We'll begin reading verses 31 through 32. Now I want to show you how Jesus explained the kingdom. And he always explains the kingdom not as a poof, not as a flash, not as a hit a button and you get it. It is always a process. We live in an instant gratification culture, but our God is not like that. Our God is a farmer, and farming takes time. Here's what it says. It says this. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds. But when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven, what the kingdom of heaven is like. And he says it's like a mustard seed. It's something so small, you almost can't see it if you're not paying attention. It's something so small, if it were laying on the ground, you would walk by and not even recognize it. It's something so small, if it was floating in the soup, you would suck it down without a second thought. See, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. God's kingdom always starts small, but then it grows. What happens for most of us is we cannot see the value in a seed. We do not see the value in time. We do not see the value of how God is a God of process. And whenever we don't see the value of the seed, we can kill or, or really not appreciate the thing that's going to bring the greatest harvest in our life. You have to learn to respect the process. Here's how the process of God works. God's process works like this. It goes through seed. Come on, everybody say seed. Goes through time. Come on, everybody say time. Goes through harvest. Everybody say harvest. It is a process. And you have to understand the process of God. It works like that. Now, most of us, we want what we want, and we want it now. How many of you like uh, kind of an Amazon hour where we can click a button and it shows up? on our doorstep. Come on, I like that. Let's give God a hand clap for that. It comes right to me. I like that kind of a thing. That works for ordering something, but it doesn't work in spiritual development. See, it always takes time to become what we're called to be 
to, to get into life in spiritual development, there will always be a process or a system by which God grows things. It comes like this. If you want a different life, you're going to have to go through the process of renewing your mind. Seen a lot of people throughout the years that will come to an altar. They want us to lay hands on them and their entire life change in a moment. We believe God in the power of the laying on of hands. And I believe God in miracles. And I'm thankful for them. But tell you what, you don't want to live from miracle to miracle. You want to live by renewing your mind and, and respecting the processes of God. That's real Christianity. It's how your life gets turned around, how your life gets changed, is you learn to respect the process. You know, process works in, in every different way, and seed works in every different way. Uh, a lot of you, I look around the room right now, and you're here because God used somebody to start a process in your life through the sowing of a seed. How many of you remember early on, whenever you were, you were moving towards Christianity, some of those people that sowed such an important seed in your life? Maybe you remember a grandmother that prayed for you. Maybe you remember a father that, that took you to church. Maybe you remember a coworker that, that kept handing you a little card from, from uh, his church, River City, back in the day, inviting you to come. Maybe it was somebody that cared for you when nobody else cared. But what they did, even though it was so small when it started, it was a seed that's produced to harvest in your life. Some people sowed seed by telling you the gospel, and today you're born again and on your way to heaven because of the power of a seed. I'm so thankful for the seed my mother put in my life. She made sure we were going to be to church every Sunday morning, made sure we were there for, for kids' church and for Sunday service. Back then, we would go back on Sunday night, and I was in the kids' class there. She made sure we were going even when we hated it, even when we said we didn't want to go. Come on, our mom didn't buy into the idea, well, you're going to make your own decisions. She said, no, we're going to tell you what you're going to do while you live in my house, and when you're old, you won't depart for it from it. Come on, let's give God a hand clap for some old school parents that, that make their kids do what they're called to do, not what they feel like they need to do. Those sown seeds they produced to harvest in my life now. You know, I've almost forgotten about um, this story. I, I didn't even remember it. Pastor Jordan out in Amarillo told me about it just the other day. I'd forgotten. And, uh, you know, he, he came out of this campus and was here for many, many years. Uh, been in the ministry here for over 13 years now. But the first time I met him, he told me I was sitting across the road at O'Charlie's, and I was studying for a message. And he was bussing tables, and he said, I walked by and I saw you, and you were doing your work. And then you looked up at me and, and introduced yourself to me, and then you invited me to come to church. You said, I'm a, I'm a pastor starting a new church in town. I'd love to have you come over to church with us. And he said, you didn't know it, but my brother was already inviting me and, and, and kind of on me about coming to church with him. You know, God uses multiple people at the same time. How many are thankful that we're not alone in sowing seed and we're not alone in our Christian faith, amen? Don't ever let the devil think, make you think that you're the only person doing what's right because there's a couple billion Christ followers on the planet now. We are stronger than we give ourselves credit. Come on, somebody say amen to that. And so Jordan's brother was already working on him and I show up and I invite him to church. It's just a simple seed. It's an invite. It's powerful. Something so small, but something so large. 
And he came and the Spirit of God started working on his life. And he rededicated his life. He got filled with the Spirit. Man got his mind renewed in so many ways. Started serving in ministry here. Served in the creative department. Served in the kids department. Served in the youth department. And little by little, bit by bit, God took him on a process where now God's given him the keys where he's the campus pastor of his church in Amarillo, Texas. Come on, somebody give God a hand clap because he develops us bit by bit, little by little, piece by piece. But you got to stay in the game to get to the end to have the harvest. And every day is another step in the process. You know, the, the phrase in sports now, the respect the process or trust the process, became popular in 2013 in Philadelphia. The 76ers, they, they needed a rebuild. And so there was a guy by the name of Hinky that came in as general manager. Hinky's a very unfortunate name. We'll pray for Hinky, right, for his name. But he was the general manager. He said, I'm going to make some bold moves. I'm willing to, to take things and have a few rough years so the 76ers can have a, a, a season that's incredible in the future. He wasn't living short term. He was thinking long term. And so he traded off one of the star players of the 76ers to get some better draft picks in the next few years coming. And everybody around saw that he was getting rid of the talent. He was sinking the ship. Guys would get up on ESPN cussing, literally, his, his statement. People would ask him what, what he was doing. He said, you just need to trust the process. You're going to have to trust the process. ESPN analysts cussed Hinky. Hinky made it three years. And then their, their stats were still bad enough that he said, well, I need to step down. I need to resign. And Hinky resigned from the manager of the 76ers. What's funny is the next year his plan had worked and he'd recruited enough young talent that the 76ers came up and out of the ashes and had several great years where they went on to be in the playoffs, have winning seasons, and it turned the thing around. But there were business coaches at the time that were big 76ers fans. They were, they were literally uh, bought-in Philly boys, born and bred. They started to take what he would say about trusting the process, started teaching business executives that all across America. And Hinky's ideology on being willing to lay down something in the short term to get something in the long term began to be taught around the country in different business schools, philosophies, taught on podcasts. And it's even heard, and I hear it in church conferences, about creating processes by which people can grow. But here's the deal. Most fans or most Americans will never go through dark nights to see the end, to see a harvest. We're so quickly tapping out. We give up and wave the white flag of surrender when we don't see what we want in a moment. But God says if you'll respect the process and you'll understand that he's the God of seed, of time, of harvest. If you won't grow weary and well-doing but you keep going, you stay in the fight, you keep your gloves up, you hang in there for another round, you'll see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Come on church, we're going to be a people that trust the process of God, respect the power of the seed. God's going to do something big in our life. Can I get an amen? Man, we're coming up to the Christmas season, and uh, there is a card in the back of, of every seat or right there around you. I want you to pick up one of those invite cards. Maybe it's in the back of the seat. Maybe it's beside you. It's got all of our Christmas things going on for the next few weeks uh, throughout December. And really what, what December's all about, it's about Jesus, right? 
and, and we're going to be preaching and lifting up Jesus. This next weekend's going to be fun. I want you to bring one person with you every week. That's my goal. Just invite one person. Bring one person. If you bring one person to church, you can change a life. This next week, we've made it easier for you because there's an illustrated message. And uh, it's an illustrated message around Frozen. It's out, it's out at the theaters right now. We're going to use it to preach Jesus to people here at the church. There'll be something for every age group in this next week's uh, presentation. It's going to be fun. It'll be powerful. Bring somebody with you. And we're also going to do the, the rest of, of the uh, month. There's something special every week. We do all this to lift Jesus up. Now, let me tell you about how Christ's process started in the flesh. He lived forever, fully God, fully man, right? He was, he was infinite in heaven, had no beginning. But he chose to step down through the womb of a woman to come and redeem every person under the sound of my voice. You know, Christ's humanity, when he came in the flesh, started with a seed. And he himself went through a process Think about how insignificant the beginning of Jesus' life looked. How you could discount it, discredit it. You could probably walk by it 2,000 years ago and not even recognize him as a child if you weren't paying attention and you weren't on the inside. See, a, a seed from the Holy Spirit came to a 15-year-old girl by the name of Mary. Jesus was brought forth in a backwater, backwoods town by the name of Nazareth. No hotel room, no doctor present, born in a cave. I'm talking about the power of a seed and something starting small. And then he grows up and he goes up and he goes through the process. Goes through the process of learning to walk. Goes through the process of learning to talk. Goes through the process of learning how to navigate family. Goes through the process of learning his father's trade. Goes through the process of sitting under the rabbis in the synagogue to learn the scripture. Goes through the process of finding himself in the word of God, listening to the spirit of God. The process of fasting and praying. And then finally when God was ready, he came out in power. And he went through the process of the cross for every one of us. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that our God Jesus did not stop in the middle of the process. Can I get an amen? Every great person in the Bible, you read their story, their life was a process. We want it all, we want it now. But a lot of the goodness of God, I think it comes in the journey, comes in the process. Think about this. Abraham went through the process to become the father of the nation of Israel. Noah went through a process to build a boat in a land that it had never rained on before. Moses went through a process of, of rejection and even ridicule in delivering Israel from the hand of Egypt. David's whole life was a process. Starts as a shepherd boy, kills a lion, kills a bear as they attack his father's sheep. Then when the giant is before him, he's ready for battle. David takes the head of the giant and he's, he's catapulted into national prominence. But the jealousy of Saul begins to put a mark on David's life. David then lives and is driven out into the wilderness. It's all a part of the process. Years later, David is going to ascend to the throne of Judah and then later to the throne of all of, of Israel. See, God works through a process. See, God is the God of process. God is the God of order. I want you to remember that our God is a farmer. And I got to admit, if there's anybody in this room right now that's been somebody that didn't uh, care about the process at times, it's me. Man, I'm the kind of person that I want it all. 
and I want it now. Can I get an amen from some Americans out there? And, and, and I thought many times, just by my sheer will, force of fight, stand in the game, I should have it. The thing about a seed is a seed produces in its season. You can stand over a seed and scream at it. It's not going to grow any faster, right? You can get up and do a victory dance over a seed. Seed's not coming up faster. You can fence around a seed or fight around a seed or do whatever you want to around a seed. Seed comes forth in its own time. It's a process. See, God knew those processes were there, and he put them in our life for a reason. He wants us to trust those processes and walk in them and live in them and see it come forth. Now think about the times that I've missed what's going on around me. So I was thinking about where I wanted to go in the future, not waiting on the goodness and the plan of a living God. See, the Bible says this, that God orders the process in your life. God orders the process in my life. It says this in Psalm 37, verse 23. It says, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his ways. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and just tell him your steps are ordered. Just tell him that, huh? Your steps are ordered by the Lord. It means that God plans out the process by which we live. The thing about steps is all steps are not created equal, are they? Some steps are downhill. I like the downhill steps, don't y'all? Some steps are uphill. And some seasons feel like you're on a stair stepper all the time, right? The steps are ordered of the Lord. They're not all created equal. You gotta learn to respect the downhill steps and love them. I pray that all of our steps are downhill in 2020. Can I get an amen, right? But those uphill steps seem to gain you more ground. There are some steps that are treacherous. I, I think sometimes the devil tries to get in there and to, to slip you up and to trip you up. I, I remember we had a big ice storm here. I don't know, it's probably 10 years ago here in Owensboro. How many of y'all remember I, ice apocalypse back then, right? Nobody will forget it if they lived here. And uh, I remember in the night, I was laying in my house out of Philpot, and so much ice was falling on the trees you could hear the, the, the branches breaking and the trees breaking. It sounded like gunshots outside. I mean, it, it'd freak you out. And it knocked out all the power around. Like a lot of people without power for almost a month in this area, in this region. And it was amazing how quickly, when all the power's knocked out and things get weird, how primal people start feeling, right? Couldn't get gas at the gas pumps. You pull up and everybody feels real sporty and it's kind of odd. I drove to St. Louis to get a generator. Then you got to stay up at night and guard your generator or your neighbor will steal it, right? It's, it was an ice apocalypse. Now, I walked out the first day of that ice apocalypse and I, I lived up on a hill and kind of my driveway went down to 142 out in Philpot. So I walk out, and I, I don't remember what I had on, maybe boots or some kind of shoes that were kind of slick on the bottom. I stepped on the ice, and when I stepped on the ice, I started sliding down the hill. And I didn't fall. It's a long way from my, that house I lived into the road. And I slid all the way on the ice, all the way to 142, 
on my feet. And I'm like, my Lord, what happens when I get to the bottom of this hill if there's a car coming? Down 142, I'm a dead man. So I get down almost to the bottom and I just laid down, you know, and I still slid almost to the road. And by the grace of God, I stopped right there. Now, some of you may be in a step like that right now. It's like you got out of your house, you stepped out somewhere, and you feel like your life is sliding out of control. But I'm telling you, you could learn to trust the God who's over top of the process. God's still with you, even though it feels out of control. God will still rescue you. God will still put his hand on you. Hold on. Don't give up. The goodness of God is coming to you. Learn to respect the process. I've got just a few things I want to say to you. If you're taking notes, I want you to write these things down. Every step's not created equal, but here are the things I want you to see. I want you to walk out of here. I want you to say this out loud. Everybody say, trust the process. Man, I, I know, I know we want it all, we want it now. Trust the process. Right now at some of our campuses, there's a single person. You're looking across the aisle at a young married couple. You're like, man, I, I wish I were married. You know, some of those married people are looking back at you saying, I wish I was single because I'm married to an idiot, right? You know what I'm saying? Learn to love where you are. Then there's that young married couple. They're looking across the way at the, the married couple with the new little cute baby. And typically it works like this. Sometimes guys want babies first, but a lot of times the ladies seem to get kind of baby fever first. She's looking over and she's saying, man, if, if we had that baby, something would be complete. And then you get two or three of those babies and they're crying and puking on everything you have. And one of them gets big enough to get the baby powder. And how many of y'all have had a kid baby powder your entire house before? Man, I've been through that. What a blessing, right? And you're like, man, I can't wait till they grow up a little bit. And they go to school, because then we'll get a break in the day. And then they go to school, right? And then they get into extracurricular activities, and you're hauling them everywhere all night and on Saturday. And they're trying to make your kids go to, go to sports on Wednesday night, but you're not going to do that because you're Christian, and your kids come to church on Wednesday night. So, so you're not going to be a part of that, but some people are. And uh, so, so, so then, then you're like, well, when they start to drive, then, then life will be better, right? It's all a process. Then they get a car, and you're... you're you're concerned all the time about them. You're like, well, when they get out of the house, we'll be happy. Then they get out of the house, and everybody wants them back, right? See, a lot of times you do all that, and you don't even realize it because you're ignoring the process while you're in it. Man, trust the process, love the process. If you can't trust the process, here's the second thing I'll say. Trust the Lord of the process. Right? If you can't trust the process, trust the Lord of the process. There's been days I've woke up and I didn't understand why what I was living in was happening. Now I know there's a devil in a fallen world and everything that happens is not God. Can I get an amen in his church? So while we pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's will is not always done. There's been days I've gotten up and I hadn't understood what was happening, didn't know what was going on, why I was in the situation I was in. But I'll tell you what, when I don't understand where I'm at, I still can trust the Lord who is sovereign over my life. And if I can't trust the process that day, I still trust the Lord of the process. And I'm going to tell you about him. He is good. He is faithful. He is caring. He is loving. He is generous. His mercy endureth forever. And his best intention of you is always on his heart. Come on, let's really give him a hand clap at every campus. We can trust the God of the process. Amen. He's never let us down. And even when you can't see it, he's still working. Amen? Even when I can't feel it, he's working. 
right? I trust, if I can't trust what the process looks like today, I can trust the Lord of the process. The seed's still growing whether I see it or not. Harvest is still coming whether I feel it or not, right? I'm telling you, he's faithful. He's good. He's not like a man, he doesn't change his mind. He said, I am the Lord, I change not. Jesus Christ is the same, the Bible says. Yesterday, today, and forever. The last thing I'll say is trust the Lord of the process and trust the timing of the process. Everything has its season, doesn't it? When I think about things that I, I, I have now, life's taken me to a place, and I'm, I'm not just talking about stuff. I'm talking about, I don't know, maybe influence or whatever it is that you want in your life that I, I wanted when I was 25. God couldn't give it to me when I was 25, right? Because it wasn't my season. Now, let me know if you get some things out of season, typically you don't keep them long. Just look at professional athletes as a whole. See what their resources are five years out of the league, right? They get a hold of something out of their season so they can't keep it. See, a seed's designed to produce in a certain season. And I gotta learn to trust the timing. This is the hardest thing for most people. So there's a lot of people sitting in the room right now. Man, you're called to something great. You're called to something bigger, and you see it in your heart. You feel it on the inside of you, but you look at your today, and it looks nothing like the vision you see in your heart. And it's a timing issue. It's the same person in a different season. It's like a, like a, like a full-grown dog, that puppy that's tearing things up is that German shepherd that takes out uh, some Al-Qaeda operative. He's just in a different season. You got you to see it and know it, understand it. Right? It's like I'm not there yet, but there's still something working on the inside of me. So if I can't trust, trust the timing of the process, I'll get in there and mess life up. Man, I want to read a scripture to you. I think it's powerful. I want you to stand up on your feet while I read this. Let's give honor to the Word of God. We're going to close with this scripture today. Here's what I want to remind you about trusting the process and trusting the Lord of the process, trusting the timing of the process. Paul wrote this to the church of Galatia. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, it says this. If you're comfortable with it, you may want to lift a hand to heaven. Just posture yourself to receive something from God here. Man, here's what it says. It says, let us not grow weary. Man, I declare that over you. Don't grow weary, church. Don't grow weary, child. Don't grow weary, man. Don't grow weary, lady. Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap. If we do not lose heart. I declare that you're not growing weary. I declare you're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I declare you're not going to grow weary for in due season you're going to reap. I declare you're going to reap. I declare you're going to reap. I declare your harvest is coming. 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 I declare your harvest is coming. Don't grow weary in doing good, for you're going to reap in due season if we don't lose heart. I declare you don't lose heart, you don't, you don't faint in Jesus' mighty name. I declare the strength of God into you. Now, Father, I pray for every person watching, every person here in the room. Right now, I declare a fresh wind of strength. I declare supernatural victory and help flowing into all the people of his church. I think that we won't, we won't faint, we won't lay down, but we'll keep going 
in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, if you believe it, give Jesus one more big hand clap. Amen.